This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and their products. Our guests share tips that can help anyone who loves books, whether you are a librarian, bookseller, author, publisher, educator. The truth of the matter here is that the advice coming out of these conversations are for creative marketing across different industries. So today's guest is actually a mermaid, and you're going to find out a little bit more in a few minutes about that. Lisa is an author, recovering first grade teacher, and mother to a daughter with special needs. She likes to swim, practice yoga, and eat ice cream, but not all at the same time. Welcome, friend. Hello. Oh, it's so good to have you here. And as we are talking, we both are in the, the state of Michigan and the sun is shining. And um, I know that you're getting ready to be using those mermaid tails. Tell us, let's just use the icebreaker to begin. Tell us a little bit about how, <laughs> why I'm calling you a mermaid this morning. Well, I've been a lifelong swimmer. That's my thing. So I used to compete and, um, and then I've always been fascinated with mermaids being a water person and now they have tails. So I have a tail and I'm actually also an open water swimmer. So I swim with my mermaid tail in lakes and oceans. And also you mentioned I'm an educator. So it was very kind of natural for me with my educational background and also a bit of drama background as well that I do um, mermaid birthday parties where I not only swim and um, take pictures and have fun with the kids, but I talk about water safety and water conservation. So those are two subjects that are very dear to me and also kind of, you know, have some fun, but also have some learning involved as well. Absolutely. And you know what, Lisa, I love having you on because you are that lady who wears multiple hats. Like, I mean, most individuals (laughs) have multiple hats, but you have like multiple, multiple, multiple hats. And you already mentioned you're an educator, but you also are an author. So tell us a little bit about your journey into the writing industry. Well, I actually wanted to be a playwright. And then my mother said to do something that makes money. So I became a teacher and made a ton of money. (laughs) And actually, that's not true. But um, I I also was always interested in in children's books. And actually, playwriting and children's books are very similar, because each turn of the page is a new scene. So the skills translated. And then after teaching first grade for so many years, and really, like, my heart and soul is really about six. So I haven't really grown up from from that that person. I you I will never write a YA. <laughs> and um, and then when we adopted my daughter, she had special needs, and I really got very serious about writing because I could no longer return to the classroom, and it was very um, important to me to not only. Um, to write fun subjects, but also to have representation of kids that 
that I wasn't seeing in the books because I taught um, in, in Highland Park and Pontiac, which is mostly urban and African-American students. And I noticed the lack of representation in books for them as a teacher to try to find books for my kids that they could relate to and they could connect with. And also with my daughter, because my daughter is visually impaired and she, um, has rarely seen a child with a cane in a book like her. Mm, yeah, and right now we're talking a lot about diversity in books and the importance of parents selecting being more intentional about the books that they're reading to ch their children at home and not just, okay, your son loves trucks, so you read you know 10 books about trucks, but we're talking <laughs> about how we really need to be intentional. Can you kind of dive deeper into the reason why? Yes, well, I mean, really kids need to have what we call mirrors where they can see themselves in books and also windows where they can see others. And as you see others, it creates um, empathy for the other because they find that they have so much in common. And that also makes it kind of less scary. You know, I often find that, you know, when I go out with my daughter with their cane, they're a little, they're a little scared sometimes because they don't understand it. And, and I think with that fear brings that misunderstanding where now they can say, oh, I know that, I know that character. I can relate to something from the book and put it into real life. And I think we also have to, with diverse books, because they, that's broad, that's big, that's big. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that um, they can put in their child's bookshelf what I call, call a casual diversity. It was actually first termed by Betsy Bird, who's a very kind of prominent librarian. And what that means is that the diversity isn't the subject matter. I think so many times when we think of diverse books, we think of what I call the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer books, mm -hmm. where Rudolph this shiny nose, everybody made fun of him. And then they find out that that one thing is different comes and saves the day. Where I would like to get past that diversity, that topic. I would like to go to what I call the next level of diversity, where it is just a part of who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, example, one of the first celebrated diverse books um, was Ezra Jack Keats, The Snowy Day. I have The Snowy Day. <laughs> and, and that was just about a boy in the snow. That's the subject matter. It didn't have to be, you know, it just so happened that he was black, but it wasn't like there was a black boy and it was all about him being black. It was just a boy in the snow. And that's what I think you want to be conscious of is that the story comes first. Mm. And have, you know, that was really important to me as an author. You have know, my chapter book series, Star Powers. And the premise was just, a, you know, about a second grade girl who loves science. She just happens to be in a wheelchair. So 
the story was all about science and her love of science and her adventures like that. And then we talked about, you know, a little bit about her wheelchair and about the challenges like getting to the top of the observatory. How is she going to do that in a wheelchair? But the subject of the matter was that she loved science. And and that's what I think that parents, sometimes they get overwhelmed and they feel like, oh, I have to get all of these books when really just be conscious that you're making sure that you have some other representation. And they're very simple. And I can, you know, show some more. One of the books that I love, I love this book, is the Hello Goodbye Dog. And nowhere in the text does it mention that that little girl is in the wheelchair. This book is just about this dog who loves his owner so much and wants to go to school with her. And, and how they get, I'm not going to spoil the ending. But, but it is, it is nowhere in the text does it mention that she's in a wheelchair. And the same thing with this book I, I really love too, because I'm a swimmer, as we know, Jabari Jumps. This one's fantastic. It really is. Mm-hmm. Just about the boy on the high dive being, being afraid of being on the high dive. And now, but it shows a dad which is nice to show a dad, you know, not a mom, shows a dad and the little boy and his little sister. So I think that that's, um, it's important to just have what I call that casual diversity representation and to look at the choices that you are making as a parent and to make sure that, you know, you are picking books that have, um, you know, that show your child, but also show different children. But it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be complicated. We have a lot of complication in our life. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yes. (laughs) And it it really, it really doesn't, you know. And there, I think it was maybe Debbie Gonzalez. I was reading a newsletter and she said, you have to talk to Lisa Rose because she knows representation. And I was like, well, I know Lisa and I, I want to know more about, and I like, what, what else does she know about representation that I don't know? I've never heard of the term casual diversity. I just learned, like, I just had an aha moment over here while I was muting myself and sneezing, but, um, this is, this is really important. And I never thought Bless of you, it. by the way, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I never thought of it this way. And I think um, another audience that's listening on the podcast is booksellers and librarians. And I hope that they're tuning in to the word casual diversity too. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you because you are really in tuned with the kid lit community and with um, children's literature, where do you find your books? So when you're looking for books to read um, at work or you're looking for books to bring home, where, where are you, you know, finding these books? Well, the books are, are really all over. <laughs> I mean, right now, I have to say, is a very exciting time in publishing. And we as creators are being very, very conscious and publishers as well about getting more representation and also getting what they call own voices. That means that if you are of that, um, 
you know, descent, or if you're a person of color, you're, you're creating it. Now, some of these books were created like Ezra Jack Keats. Uh, he, he was not African-American, but I also would like as creators, I would like to caution and say that, um, if you have experience in that area, because Ezra Jack Keats, he, he lived, he lived, he's like, I see, I see black children all the time, you know, this is who I live with, this is who I'm with, and that's what kind of motivated him to, to put kind of the first African-American child that was non-charactered in a book, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that you have experience, um, that you know, you know, like, um, when I created Star Powers, the editor, Actually, one of the reasons why she wanted me to create the series was because I had a child with special needs. I didn't have a child that was in a wheelchair, but I had that um, that background mm-hmm. of a child with special needs and getting the challenges for it. So right now, um, there are so many, you know, New York Times bestsellers that that show diversity. Also, the We Need Diverse Books movement always makes great, great recommendations. Also, a little promo for me. (laughs) I actually, I actually run, um, host a Facebook group where I highlight, it's actually called the missing voice. So I like to it. Okay. We'll put a link to it. Yeah. I like to, um, highlight what I call the missing voice. And it could be um, some sort of diversity. Also, it could be something very little known about history. And I write one picture book a month. And then at the end of the month, we have a chat with the author, the illustrator, or the editor, or sometimes all three. But um, I have a ton of books that, that I'm highlighting. This month, I'm actually doing Hacho Nacho. Oh, that looks like a great story. Very funny. And then next month, this is, uh, I am actually doing another Michigan author, Michigan, uh, some, someone builds the dream. Oh, Lisa Wheeler. I know Lisa. Very cool. So Lisa, and she was like, Lisa, I'm not, I'm not diverse, you know? And I said, yes, but you know, this is something that isn't talked about. Who actually, it's about construction workers and and about how they um, actually put a building together. And a lot of times people don't see the actual construction workers past your basic books about trucks. (laughs) And you know what? Show me the cover again, because I believe, let me see the cover one more time. That's a female. It's a girl. It's a girl on the cover, which is awesome. When we were building our house, my kids kept saying, Mama, why aren't there any women here? And I, I was just crossing my fingers. Please bring a woman to the team. We need representation. And we did. We got a, we had a woman come in one day and the kids were so thrilled. And I went up to her and I yeah. said, you are representing women all over. Thank you. Um, that's awesome. So I'm going to put a link to that, The Missing Voice, because that's a great place to get recommendations for books. And especially, I just love the, the, the term casual diversity because it doesn't have to be about color. It doesn't have to be about gender, but it can be, you know, it doesn't have to be the topic of the story. It can be within the story, within the story. And it really, I mean, those small things, like people don't think about, like, I always thought about on TV, like, why does everybody celebrate Christmas? I was Jewish. And, 
And just having, say, a menorah in an illustration makes a difference to a child. You know, and we always talk about, like, well, why can't the argument in, in the middle grade novel happen on the way to Hebrew school or a mosque? Or why does it have to happen in dance class? Those small little things make such a huge difference to children. And, you know, learning about it, learning about other people and places and things. And it makes it, like I said, um, it takes that fear out of it, that fear out of the unknown. And it creates empathy and connection for other people. And I know that's something that's very dear to you in parent and, and education, you know, with really creating empathy for all and understanding for all is really going to help us and help our children create um, a better world. Oh, I just love it. And, you know, for those of you listening, you can hear the energy in her voice. And I know you do school visits and virtual visits as well, right? I do. I do. I do all types of visits. I'm hoping to get back to my in-person visits, but oh, yeah. Right, yeah. I am booking for virtual visits. So I came out with a zombie vacation in the fall and I complete with blue makeup and very, very zombie-esque. Oh. And, um, and this is also shows casual diversity because this is set in Israel. And in the process, kids are learning about Israel and learning about the Dead Sea mostly. And I know a lot of STEM activities about why uh, the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea and all the fun things of why you do float in the Dead Sea. And that this came out in April, about a month ago. And this is about the friendship between Albert Einstein and Marian Anderson. And in the process, it's my very serious book. I have to be very serious with this. In, in, in the process, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're learning a bit about history. You are learning a bit about other cultures. And, um, you know, I was surprised. I'm also, I'm still a teacher. I'm a writing coach. And I was really surprised in my sixth grade class how many kids did not hear of the Holocaust. Wow. You know, so these are just, you know, points in history that I think that we all should should know. And I actually, all of my books, I think, kind of have a touch of, of casual diversity to them as well, because Shmulek paints the town. It's also set in Israel. And really it's about a painting dog. And in the process, kids are learning that Israel also has a celebration very similar to the 4th of July. So, um, That's you know, I think I that it. it doesn't doesn't have to be really complicated. Um, it just has to um, just make some conscious choices. And they're small choices, but they have really big results. Oh, there it is. They're small choices with big results and big impact. So Lisa, we know that we can find you at The Missing Voice on Facebook, but where else can listeners find you? They can find me, my books. Um, you can buy them through Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Bookshop. Um, on my website, we'll take you directly to everything. So you can do that. That's Lisa Rose Writes, like writesabook.com. And what about social media? Is it Instagram and Twitter, right? Lisa Rose Writes? Yes. 
Okay. Yes, I have Facebook Lisa Rose and Instagram and Twitter are both at Lisa Rose Writes. Perfect. We will put all of these um, pieces of links and information into the show notes. But it has been such a pleasure having you on today. We will be releasing um, episodes on Tuesdays. For those of you tuning in, we'll have another episode next week. So thank you again, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.